Cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers. Boink. <laughs>
well, there were so many rumors and all this. And then, uh, and then Tom Holland of all people was like, no, they're not in it. And if they are, I don't know about it, but I'm like, yeah, I don't trust you for a second. I don't trust you as, as far as I can throw you at, I could probably throw him pretty far. He's like, he seems very small. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would love that. It looked like they were gearing up for a Spider-Verse. So, but I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, Alfred, Alfred Molina and Jamie, Jamie Foxx, yeah. I mean, are both in it. Like, they're, like, they're IMDb uh, of fish. Appears to be. Uh, until Kevin Feige flat out says it, I'm waiting. Because there's other rumors, too. There's rumors that Matt Murdock's Daredevil will show up. Um, Ooh. And all this. Did you hear the new rumor about uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence? Huh? <laughs> it's not a rumor. Uh, there's a new rumor about uh, Jennifer Lawrence playing the Invisible Woman. I, I hadn't heard that, but can we can we do a new segment on the show called It's Not a Rumor? <laughs> where we talk about... Like... Yes. Okay. Right. This is Not a Rumor. <laughs> Jake and Elliot. Welcome back to It's Not a Rumor with Jake and Elliot. I... <laughs> there's a... There's a rumor that Jennifer Lawrence is in talks to join the Marvel Universe and everyone assumes that it's for the Invisible Woman in Fantastic Four. Okay. But everyone had everyone was so psyched for the idea of Emily Blunt and John Krasinski doing it. Oh, I would die. We I mean, that's... That, didn't we? I'm or sure we brought it Yeah. I mean, we've, this Sip and Mimos has basically become an MCU podcast. Oh my God, welcome to Sip and Mimos. Oh, hey, this is the show. Elliot. Uh, I'm Elliot. I'm Jake. (laughs) And this is the internet's premier citrus based beverage where we discuss 90s electronic and radio rock music. Correct. But also, mostly, uh, also while drinking, and we forget to do certain things. And we just talk about mostly the MCU. (laughs) Sipping MCUs. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. I don't mind that. Uh, me, 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 memes you. Okay, no, nothing there. Sipping Marvels. <laughs> Marvel Mosas. <gasps> Marvel Mosas, not bad. I like that. I like that. <laughs> what if you did like a like? What if you did like a mimosa based drink because it's orange, and call it like the Shocker? Yeah. Uh, I'll do one better. Instead of pouring orange juice into your champagne you freeze the orange juice into ice cubes and call it the thing because it looks oh, like ro- rocks on his skin that's not bad i just came up with that that's really good that's not bad <laughs> that's really good who are we gonna get who are we gonna get to play the thing obviously you're gonna say me so thanks thank you for that i would, I would love if jake played the thing um <laughs> I don't know who's got like the smolder and pain behind the eyes these days. I don't really know like a lot of like young actors, you know, I'm like, I'm going back to like, Oh, Hugh Jackman. No, he's already been, you know, I'm like, I'm like Ryan Reynolds. Oh shit. No. You know, and I just, I don't know. And you're like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's an amazing young actor out there who could crush it, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just getting older. Right? I, I don't know what any of the, those little kids are doing. Uh, don't you hate that? I, like, I remember when like, <laughs> I started getting out of like seriously reading comic books. I would go to the comic book stores and the guy would be like, oh yeah, well, did you, did you see what Mysterio did in the last issue? And I'm like, no, uh, you know, I have to go home and like Wikipedia it. You know? <laughs> and, that, and that's how you feel about not knowing a young starlets. Yes. I, cause I, I feel like, cause we're watching, we started a new show. It's like, mm. um, it's Winks. 
Uh, it's on Netflix. Winks. Yeah, it's called like Winks, not the Fire Saga. Fate, the Winks Saga. Um, okay. And so it's it's a show about like this academy for uh, fairies and. Oh, I've heard of this. Who was talking about this? Was it you? No, it was someone else. It's 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 great. We we finished it in a weekend. Um, oh wow! And honestly, the main actress on that her name is Abigail Cohen. She plays Bloom on that show. I think Bloom. she could be. I think she could be a badass. Um, Invisible Woman. Invisible Woman. Speaking of what just came into my mind, I I tore through Queen's Gambit. Have you seen that? Oh man! Did Ooh. we talk about this on the pod? Uh, I ripped through it in like an evening. And, and the morning after, because I couldn't fucking stop watching this thing. Uh, and that girl, Anya Taylor, whatever the fuck, she would be a dope ass uh, Invisible Woman, well, unless she's unless she's too young. I don't know how old she is. She's she's in the New Mutants, right? There's also that. And if it's <laughs> and if it's canon, then they fuck themselves big time. But I don't know because she plays Ilyana, right? In uh, doesn't she play? Doesn't she play magic, Ilyana? Il- Ilyana. Colossus's sister? Yeah, yeah, Rasputin, right? Yeah, speaking of. <laughs> so, see our last episode for Rasputin vibes. Right, Rasputin vibes. <laughs> Do you know the song Rasputin by Boney M? Nuh-uh. It's one that's like, rah, rah, Rasputin. Uh, love oh, the Russian queen. Uh, it's been on my head for a week. <laughs> it made me think of you because we talked about Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> I think the actress... Well, for, I think the whole cast from Stranger Things needs to be in the MCU at some point. Mm. Um, but particularly, I think her name's Natalie Dyer, the actress who plays uh, Nancy. I think her name's Nancy in, in the uh, the older sister in Stranger Things. Um, okay, the brunette uh, one. Yeah, not the girl that gets. Uh, who's the girl that gets got in like the first season and never comes back? Barb. Uh, Barb. <laughs> Man, she got the short stick on that show, man. No. I, I think... Well, coming to get you, Barbara. Was that Night of the Living Dead? Yeah. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> Very good. I think she would play a killer Sue Storm. Um, oh. Oh, uh, uh-huh. The, the older sister from Stranger Things? Yeah. Sure. Uh, but if, it, if it's going to be Krasinski, I would love it to Emily Blunt. That would be so oh. cool. Come on, you have to do that. You got to get them as a package deal. That'd be amazing. And they seem to be able to work together fine because they did a quiet place. Yeah, mm. I would take. I I I bet you it won't be long until we see some of that that Stranger Things universe like come over to to the MCU. I I mean I think I mean Millie Bobby Brown, the actress plays Eleven. She could, right. She could crush as like an X Men. You know, like as a like kick ass powerful. You know. <gasps> what if she was Shadow Cat? That would be dope. That's not bad. Oh man, I think all those ki- all those Stranger Things kids are so made in the shade. Aren't like half of them going to be in the new Ghostbusters, or whatever, whenever that comes out? Oh yeah, yeah, they're all set for life. Those little fucks. <laughs> <laughs> what else has been new, man? Besides the MCU nonsense, we can't just talk about that. Uh, that's about it. I mean, <laughs> okay. It's really been really been focused. Really been getting in a lot of arguments on Reddit about the MCU and totally. Yeah, I don't. I don't have time to get in a fight. This is what what Super Memos is for. I, I can talk about it with you. 
I, I did a deep dive on in a Brooklyn Nine Nine. Are you into this show? Oh, I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Dude, what did? Why didn't anyone tell me how good the show is? I think it's I told awesome. you how good it was. Did you on the show? Like years um, ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, love like first it. combo. I'm like, hey man, cool. Awesome. So you like electronic nice music? Nice to meet you. Hey, do you ever watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? And then you cussed me out and then uh, that was it. Well, it's interesting because I used to live in Brooklyn. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. Ah, oh, see, that's my thing. <laughs> Took my, <laughs> my stick, man. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, you had something prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I would never take that away from you, Jakey. Uh, <laughs> I think about those like days. I'm just like, how can I connect? How can I swing around? But, but no, Brooklyn Nine's Brooklyn Nine's killer. I that whole. I'm still laughing. <laughs> I would never. Okay, I'm sorry. Wow. You guys, like, listeners, uh, you know, usually I'm the grumpy one and Jake's all, you know, flowers and sunshine, but, like, you should have seen his eyes light up when I almost segued without his permission. He got real upset. <laughs> That's the real Jake. The Jake that the listeners don't see. The behind-the-scenes Jake who smacks me around. and <laughs> That's my bit. That's my bit. Yeah, yeah. People don't know that you're in character for the entire episode. Just pretending to be a nice dude. When like the show's over, I just like, well, that was a good episode, wasn't it? <laughs> That's the real Jake voice. <laughs> Time to get back to watching Hulu. Ta-ta. <laughs> like, all right, ta-ta, Jake. Oof. Make sure this make sure this episode is on time. Not like last time. Can you put the effect on my voice? Jesus Christ, Elliot. It took me a long time to get the BT versus Tool Up episode out, listeners, because fucking, well, that was going on, but Texas was out of power for a week, so fuck off. <laughs> if you're upset. Oh, by the way, we're on Spotify again, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get us on Apple, like a, like a real podcast, like a real boy. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I just did a deep dive and just had it on, in the background for like a long time, you know, uh, especially last week when nothing was going on, and, and, and when I had power, I just had it on the whole time, and uh Oh, I love it. Love the show. And it's like really cool that like, uh, I like, you know, Andy Samberg's like so like annoying in it, but also like a, a genius detective, which is like, makes the show so interesting because if he was a, if he was a shitty person and a shitty detective, <laughs> if he was a goofy person and a shitty detective, it, the show wouldn't work, but he's like a savant, which is yeah. like hilarious to me. And it's like really well written. And I'm like already in like season five where it starts to get kind of real sometimes. I'm like, Whoa, this is kind of awesome. Um, uh, and I love the chief or the captain or no, yeah, captain shit. Uh, Andrew uh, Brower, right? Yeah. Has he been in shit? Oh, Andre Brower. Sorry. Andre Brower. Okay. Um, has he been anything before this? Because he's a, Ooh, he's a big bro. What? Okay. What? Let me take you to 2007. Okay. Little movie comes out in the theaters, you know, 2007 was a year before Iron Man, the last like ring out of like, the Marvel movies before things started getting real with phase one. You're shitting me. He was in a Marvel movie? Fantastic Four. Silver no. Shepherd. He played a general who hires Reed Richards to figure out what uh, what the Silver Surfer is all about. Whoa. Do you... He's the one where he goes, he goes, then again, you probably wouldn't know Football, Dr. Richards. 
And then Reed Richards goes, you know what? You're right, General. I didn't play football. But you know what I did? I went to school and I married the hot girl. And now the guy who played football is asking me for help. And then Je- Jessica Alba as uh, Sue Storm goes, I'm so hot for you right now. And then Chris Evans as Johnny Storm goes, me too. Okay. It might surprise you to, to know that uh, I, I haven't spent a lot of time with those shit Fantastic Four movies. Ladies and gentlemen, I just ruined my laptop because I threw my drink at the camera. Oh, I, no. Are you serious? No, no, no. I'm just playing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was totally in the, And then he was in, did you ever see Glory with uh, Matthew Broderick and Denzel? He was in, he was in Glory? Mm-hmm. Love Glory. Wow. All right, I guess I'm a fucking dumbass. Usually I'm really good at like picking up on that and like, like recognizing uh, you know, people from other shit. But I'm a, he's a revelation on that show. Man. He's really fucking astonishing. Oh, he's, he's killer. He's really good. He's like, of course I thought it was funny. Didn't you hear my laugh? And he's like, <laughs> he's like can't you tell him my voice? Because yeah. he's just, he's, yeah. he talks, he's like so like monotone the whole time. He's like, you yeah. can hear my excitement in my voice, sir. Like, yeah, he's like, look at me. I'm beside myself. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> I love that. His delivery is so great. Oh, man. It's so funny. Um, he was also in a, in a previous... <laughs> he was a... Last summer, we talked about a little band uh-huh. led by Jonathan Resnick. Oh. The Goo Goo Dolls. Uh-huh. Their big song, Iris, uh-huh. which was on Dizzy Up the Girl, our our Goo Goo Dolls Underworld episode. Oh, I remember that one. That song was for a little movie called City of Angels. We keep coming back to this fucking weird City of Angels movie. He was in City of Angels. He was, he played an angel named Cassiel. It wasn't Captain Holt? No. (laughs) Was it Chief? Shit, I forget. I just think we're going to have to eventually talk about City of Angels. I guess. I feel like all roads lead to City of Angels. (laughs) I don't think all roads lead there, but several seem to. (laughs) Can I pick a movie too for movie night on Sip and Nemo? (laughs) You know, um, one of the things I love most about Brooklyn Nine-Nine is it it seems like a lot of it is actually shot on location. And you see like the rich, like the richness of of the city. And you get get a really... Mm -hmm good vibe for um the city of brooklyn and i have to say that <laughs> i have to say uh-huh. that one of one of the for Don't let it fall apart it's right there get it i gotta say that you know um another way to really get it get an experience of, of a place is listening is listening to an artist like so closely associated with that place you know like so for example yeah. like to get, to get like a, an image of like what Seattle was like in the nineties, I would listen to like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, of course, Nirvana, you mm-hmm. know, California, yeah. I would listen to, you know, some, a band like the Beach Boys for the fifties, you know, Tupac, Green Day for the nineties, you know. Chili uh, Peps. Chili Peps, exactly. Chili Peps always. Sure. You know, if I wanted to get, if I wanted to get a good, a good feeling for what Brooklyn was like uh, mm-hmm. in the eighties or nineties, I would, look no further than my artist this week, <gasps> Mr. Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. <gasps> Notorious B.I.G. Here we go! Yeah. 
This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kick Capri Funk, Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski I'm blowing up like you thought I would Call a crib, same number, same hood It's all good uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga uh. With Robin Leach, and I'm far from cheap. I smoke stuff with my peeps all day. Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. The Moet and Alice keep me pissy. Girls used to diss me, now they write letters cause they miss me. I never thought it could happen, this rapping stuff. I was too used to packing gats and stuff. Now, honeys play me close like butter play toast. From the Mississippi down to the East Coast, condos and queens in dough for weeks. Sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak. Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, interviews by the pool Considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood And it's still all good, uh And if you don't know, now you know, nigga This week I had to listen to Notorious B.I.G.'s 1994, I'm going to say Masterpiece, Ready oh my. To oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh me, oh my. And you know, listening to both our albums this week, I, I won't say what album we're listening to um, for you just yet, but listening to both my, listening to both our albums, I found a lot of similarities. Um, I and- did too. Again, here we are. Because like we had some similarities with BT and Tool with like um, extended songs and um and experiments and um all this and this time we had we're we're both doing lower tempo stuff we're both doing um two different genres that end in hop but but now let's let's go let's go um let's go let's go let's dive into ready to die so um just right that what'd you think about it awesome uh it's a dark menacing party album these are party anthems, man. These are party classics. I've, you know, heard, you know, plenty of these tunes, of course, you know, um, th- these are fucking jams you throw on at any, and you're good. You're just going to crush the pool party. You're going to crush the uh, house party. You're going to, everyone's enjoying this shit. Um, such an unlikely character, this dude, um, yeah. um, you know, Biggie Smalls, uh, Notorious B.I.G., whatever he's got many monikers i suppose 
but he's rapping about tragic and violent and upsetting shit. Mm-hmm. He's talking about, you know, how rough his life is and, you know, and, and jail and violence and how many guns he has. Cause he needs to. And then like, and then he'll, you know, talk about how much, how he treats women in a good way. He's like, no, nah, girl, I'll ask you cool questions. I, I don't know what these guys are talking to you about, but like, let me ask you how you're doing. What's up. I'll make you laugh. Your friends should get to know my friends. Shit like that, which is really kind of adorable. But then like, there's, you know, stuff like, oh, we're going to run in this place and kill everybody. Or like, I don't think my mom's going to miss me when I eventually die. And I'm going to die real soon. This seems to be a theme in all his shit. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like, like, and sooner than later. And th- that's such a dark um, idea. Um, but like, he's rapping about these things while everyone's dancing in the background. Yeah. It's such an interesting, interesting combination of ideas. I, I re- but I really enjoyed it, of course. You know, I mean, come on, these are bomb tunes. They're freaking, uh, it slaps. Had you listened to much of, um, of, uh, of Notorious B.I.G. prior to this? Um, you know, of course I heard, you know, uh, uh, Big Papa and Juicy and stuff like that. Just, a, just from, you know, a, a phrase that I use on the show, like cultural osmosis and all that, just from being out and around and all this. Um, and I knew like, you know, the stories they talk about, like uh, the East Coast versus West Coast stuff. Yeah. And I, and like, I apologize, but I forgot if this was like another, well, maybe it was because you recommended it. I was like, oh, is he West Coast? Because all your shit's West Coast. Seems to be. Pretty, pretty much. You seem to enjoy West Coast and I seem to enjoy Europe a great deal. So, I mean, whatever. But, uh, um, and I was like, oh, no, that's, you know, definitively East Coast. And then uh, I enjoyed it a great deal, of course. Yeah. These songs are fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah man. I, I'm, 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 that's, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, growing up, I, I think because I was so, the first rap I ever really, ever really got into was like, like Eminem. Sure. And Eminem was famously produced by, uh, Dr. Dre, you know, right. Dr. Dre is so closely associated with that West Coast sound. I mean, like, okay, gang- gangster rap. I mean, Dr. Dre is he's the seed for that, you know. I mean, especially with his work with NWA, you know. So, I I kind of trickled down from Eminem to Dr. Dre, and then I got to Tupac, you know. Uh-huh. So growing up. I was, I love Tupac. I had his greatest hits. I had, and I listened to it nonstop. Um, I couldn't buy the, any other CDs cause it was like parental advisory and I was too young. <laughs> um, wow. I don't know if it was just like a thing like grownups told me, but like you had to be a certain age to buy parental advisory CDs or something like that. Uh, I mean, th- I think that was the idea, but I don't think anyone, I don't think fucking Sam Goody at the mall was really. You know, I was so, I was always so afraid to like, even try. I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what about the uh tupac and the west coast rap of it all that you um um re- what resonated with you i really liked I, I i was it was young so i was like maybe middle school 13 14 around there i i remember tupac i remember connecting with his stories of like his his struggle as as, as a black man you know like mm-hmm. i remember it really like hitting me and I mean I I'm it, it gave me like such an incredible like perspective on 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 what his life was like you know it's something that you know of course I'll I'll, I'll never know but it it was so in, it was a, a, 
such a insightful experience to hear Tupac for the first time and and to hear his poetry and hear his lyrics. It was a really mind-blowing experience and really eye-opening. And he did it in such an eloquent way. He did it in such a powerful way. And I think as as a young as a as a young kid that really connected with me. Yeah. Um, and I remember only really being exposed to like Big Papa by Notorious B.I.G. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't really, eh. I, I remember clearly thinking as a teenager, like, oh, this is just like, uh, it's just like a party song. Like Tupac's mm-hmm. rapping about like, he seems like he's rapping about like real stuff, you know? Uh-huh. And cause I had never heard Ready to Die before. And then it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't until I got, in co- I got to college and I bought a copy of uh, Ready to Die on CD um, from a UCD store. And used CD store. Wow. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time, right? Yeah. Okay. I put it in, you know, I put it in my CD player on the ride home. And as soon as the intro started playing and you start hearing. Yeah. It's like, so the album's called Ready to Die. And yeah. It's the story of this man growing up, getting involved in gangs and drugs and, you know, robberies and kind of accepting his fate that he's going to die as a result of it, you know. And the intro for this record just knocked my socks off, you know, like it starts off with, you know, he's born. Literally, there's like, you know, they're in the hospital and then it shows that he you know what family life was like for for him you know and then it shows him you know it you i say shows but you can hear him like you know being involved in a robbery and then it ends with him being let out of prison you know he's like i have big plans yeah and i just i'm sorry no, 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 go ahead, please, finish. Please. Oh, no, no, I just, no, no, I just, I'd never heard anything like that, like, for a rap album, you know? Like, yeah. The, 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 the theatrical nature of it was just, it, like, gives me chills thinking about it today. Like, it's just, oof. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's such a huge element of storytelling going on, you know? Like, uh, you know, you can, the production and whatever can fuck off, like, the storytelling because this guy's telling stories man and like he's like this is where i used to be like the, oh, the album opens with a heartbeat and forgive me if i'm wrong but i think it's bookended by a heartbeat at the very end i believe like, so yeah and and this guy just like knows it he's clearly a hyper intelligent human and he's like here's my story i want to tell it and like i'm ready to die because i know i'm going to like it's just going to happen like he just had this he just knows which is a, it's a wild um, thought, but like um, acceptance of fate, is it something you might uh, apply to, you know, albums like these, like these, you know, um, East Coast, West Coast, rivalry, hip hop party albums. Um, but there's some real shit going on here, you know, yeah. behind, behind the, behind sort of your hands, hands in the air, like you're a true player. Um, there's some real, you know, dark thoughts going on here, which I think is, uh, fantastic. Uh, my favorite lyric from the album. Um, when I met you, I admit my first thought was to trick, but you look so good, huh? I'll suck on your daddy's dick. 
Was that on me, my, me and my B? Yeah. yeah. I was kind of kidding because that was my favorite line on the album. But it wasn't, it's not, it's clearly not very serious. But like, you're so, like, you're so hot, I'll suck your dad's dick. That's, a, that's an amazing, that's an amazing lyric. It's like witty, you know, like in. Oh, it's crazy witty. The guy's funny. So Christopher Wallace, uh, Notorious P.I.G., um, he says he started dealing drugs. He's well, he he claimed to have started dealing drugs at age twelve. Right. Ready to Die drops in September 1994, and he was only 22 years old. Like the, like these lyrics on the, on this album, you know, sound like they're written by a person who's lived two lifetimes, you know, and. He's dropping this at 22 like um and of course a lot of a lot of the lyrics for the album are famously autobiographical you know biggie did yeah. you know he was involved in a lot of like a lot of a lot of rough things um yeah one thing i, I didn't know i about this so i've listened to this album you know dozens of times uh right after give me the loot uh yeah i I literally always thought that was two rappers. No, that's just him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the same track. Yeah. I, I saw, you know, I'm looking at, I was watching all the videos and stuff like that. And like, he's like doing, he's like rapid conversations with himself and he'll have like fucking Puff Daddy, like play the other character in the video and all that. Mm-hmm. Cause Puff Daddy's in every goddamn video. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got thoughts on that, but like whatever. He seems like a scumbag. Anyway, but, uh, but he's having, he's writing these songs in those conversations. It's like a true, this is some, this is some fucking poetry, man. This is beautiful. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of it was like off the top of his head. Like he, he freestyled a lot of this stuff, you know, which wow. is just, inc- just really incredible. There's a, there's an amazing video of him. I think he's like, maybe like he's a teenager, um, but he's freestyling in like a rap battle on the street in Brooklyn. And he's like, he, he's just, he was such an incredible artist and he accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. I, like I said, like I, I grew up on Eminem and Tupac and Dr. Dre, but I mean, if you were to ask me what my favorite rap and hip hop album is, I would put Ready to Die at the top of that list. I mean, wow. What's the, uh, what's the Tupac album that you would uh, put up to, uh, to fight this one in an album? battle east coast versus uh, west coast what would you put up against this one let me or would you do would you or would you do nwa or something like that i would do if i would do i would do nwa straight out of compton uh, for the best west coast and this is the best east coast yeah i mean yeah um i'm looking at like all eyes on me by tupac uh that this came out that one came out like 96 mm-hmm. um I, I would I hate to say like the my greatest hits would be the greatest hits would be my favorite album, but growing up listening to that Tupac's greatest hits was just such a important experience for me as a as a young music fan. I would say Tupac's greatest hits. Um but this album as a whole is just yeah. ab- absolutely incredible. It's really impressive. Um favorite tunes on here? Uh my favorite one is probably Respect. Um mm-hmm. It's got like a real strong, like, it's super funky. It's got a real, so, um, uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s parents, if I'm not mistaken, are both from Jamaica. Mm. Um, 
and so it's got a real like strong like like Jamaican feel to it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm remembering. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Gotta respect. Um, yeah. Um, me and my bitch. I mean, it's like it's like a sad, <laughs> really sad, beautiful, tragic love story. You know. Yeah. Um, ready to die. Machine gun funk. Give me the loot. I just. There's so much to love on this record, and you you nailed it right off the bat. I mean, the stories on this album are just absolutely. Yeah, incredible. it's just yeah, giving you a place and like uh, you know, beyond storytelling, he's giving you such a setting and describing such a you know wild life and all this and like this um, world. There's world building in these tunes, and I think it's I think it's fucking awesome. So um, yeah, love. Well, one of the things that I talked about our albums. Um, kind of having something in common you know both artists have a very limited output uh i think your your artist only has has only three albums uh first bag has two um does he just have he just has two yeah uh there's some like collaborative stuff that he's done uh that they've released but in his lifetime he's only he only released well actually actually his second album um life after death uh posthumous yeah yeah which is so interesting because both albums are centered around the idea of death, you know, ready to yeah. die, life after death. So I feel like Christopher Wallace, he, he, he knew, he, he, he must have known, he must have had some feeling that his time on earth was limited. So he had to make the most of it. And I certainly think he did. And honestly, speaking of death and the, you know, and the afterlife and the ethereal plane, I can't think of a better uh, soundtrack for Laugh after death, then Portishead's dummy. Portishead's dummy. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go.
so this one is fucking gorgeous. Um, I was just outside and I was telling a neighbor, oh, I'm going to talk about Portishead tonight. And, and, and she was like, who the hell is Portishead? So I just I grabbed my trusty boombox, brought it outside <laughs> and played some Portishead. I'm like, this is Portishead. And then another neighbor popped his head out. was like, this is the best album of all time. <laughs> oh. He goes, 1994's Dummy by Portishead. I'm like, yes, correct. And that very much might be. Jake, what did you think of Portishead's Dummy? It was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous record. Yeah. Um, okay. Is that I, it? Good night, everybody. Hey, <laughs> okay. hey thanks. No. Tune in next week when we talk about WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> it was so neat because... I mean, having just come off of listening to Ready to Die and revisiting that, heard a lot of like really interesting, kind of like the same kind of like like drum drum samples, uh, kind of similar, even like scratching that they were doing. Yeah. Um, but it is with this like, you know, beautiful vocal over it, you know, like yeah, best. It, I'm like, you know, if Biggie if Biggie were to like drop a vocal over like a Portishead song, it would work. It would work out perfectly. I was thinking that too, and I'm sure we could find one. I'm sure there's a mashup somewhere of Biggie over a Portishead instrumental. There has to be. It's so silly. I've probably, I probably have one in my collection somewhere. Uh, um, I'm sure there's a white label remix of you know um, of Biggie over Portishead because this shit is it's the same tempo. Yeah. So we're, we're with Portishead, we were driving back into trip hop that we we visited with DJ Shadow, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Introducing, which is you know one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, and if you're going down that trip hop avenue, you can't talk about it without Portishead and without Dummy. Every song in here is absolutely gorgeous and creepy. I mean, like creepy, maybe I mean moody. Um, there's something dark going on here. Beth Gibbons, the vocalist, is uh, fucking fantastic, but she's always she has this. Uh, desperate quiver in her voice that you listen to this music and you're kind of worried about her. <laughs> um, and I think that's a breathtaking uh, performance and thing to listen to. You're, you don't listen to a lot of bands that you worry about. It's just meant to put you in a state. The the, the weird scratching, like they would, they um, recorded music on their own and then printed it onto vinyl. And then they said yeah. like they walked, they walked over it in the studio, like to, to warp the vinyl and then scratch with it. So it's like all dusty and weird. You get that weird, um, you know, dusty old, you know, old fashioned sounding kind of um, production, but also like the uh, bass is so crisp and will blow your goddamn speakers out because it's so uh, lovely. I think it's tremendous and it's uh, genre defying as trip hop. And uh, I think it's just uh, um, transcendent. I think I said last week it's, um, this is my uh, go-to like makeout music. <laughs> it's very sultry. Um, sultry, sure. beautiful. Yes, well done. I mean, so I mean, introducing came out in '96. This was '94. Do yep. you think DJ Shadow was informed and, and inspired by what Portishead was doing? Because when you when you said that, I was like, oh, you know what? There are certainly similarities between these. That's a good question. I'm sure if you asked him, he might be like, oh, no, probably. Shadow was trying to make a hip hop album and accidentally made a trip hop album. And these guys were trying to make a new genre. You know, th- there's weird, weird random horn stabs and strings and stuff like this. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like 
Shadow's not doing. Um, he's more like, you know, how can I uh, make a moody hip hop album? And this is just straight up. Uh, DJ Shadow is marijuana. Portishead is red wine. Okay. <laughs> is that going to be a new segment on the show? Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oaken Folds as the, the art gallery owner and BT's the painter. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that adds up though. Um, let's make a beautiful sadness kind of thing, you know? I don't think that's necessarily Shadow's goal, but like a, it's a perfected here, I think. I, one of the things that I, I heard in a lot of this music was it kind of reminded me of like listening to like an espionage uh, of like, like, a, like a soundtrack you would see like an espionage movie, like, like a James Bond kind of, kind of feel. With the ba which is almost the same cadence of the, uh, <laughs> the James yeah. Bond thing. I think it's just an octave lower, but it's the same uh, phrasing and all that. But yeah, yeah, it could would uh, would it could take place in a James Bond movie. Um, and I heard a lot of I don't know if you're, you're not quite a gamer, are you? I I I was like you know watching some of their videos on YouTube and just scrolling down and more than more than a few times people were saying this would be such a good soundtrack to a Silent Hill game. Which I think are like kind of scary horror games, but um, I can see that. I don't know if that's a good comment to have, but uh, um, favorite tracks on here? Anything stand uh, out? Favorite tracks? Um, uh, I like the the opening track. Uh, is that uh, Mister Runs? Uh, it sounded like yeah. it had a, that sounded like it had like like a theremin playing on that. Yes, yes. There's absolutely a theremin. Which I mean, like, there's a, there's a horror element here. It's, it's yeah. Amazing. Like it's certainly sci-fi, certainly like horror vibes to that. Um, yeah. Um, famously, because you know, a Star Trek kind of gives you that. Uh, Strangers, while it wasn't my favorite track on the album, I loved the drums on it. I thought the drums uh-huh. were were, uh, were amazing sounding. Um, on Wondering Star, you can really yes. hear hip hop element. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. There's a lot of scratching on that one. Um, oh, you might like. I think the the, um, the, the the some of the chord progression or in that one and and and, uh, and it's a fire are like they, they show like a little bit of hope. I think, but like um maybe, but I don't know. Um, the vocals on "Numb" were my favorite on the record, which is oh. which was which was tough because I mean uh, Beth Gibbons. She was. I I I've never I've never. This is my first time really hearing Portishead. Yeah. Um. But I, I was just so just like entranced by her vocals. Um, did you like him? Because if you don't like the if you don't like the vocalist, this band's not going to work for you. But uh, did you, you dug Beth? I did. I, I, it worked so well with this with like what the yes. music is doing. Yeah, it, it's like um, a real real collaboration between her and I think it's what is it Jeff Barrows? Jeff Barrows? Jeff Jeff yeah, Jeff Barrow. Sorry. And um, one of the guys, Andrew, is it Andrew Utley or? Um, I think yeah, uh, Adrian Utley. Adrian. I think he's uh, I think he's on guitar or strings or whatever. And Jeff Barrow is like kind of producing slash. Okay. He's just trying to put this. And they had, and I think Adrian Utley was like the one was like, what if we had horn stabs and stuff like that? And they're like, oh my god, that'd be awesome. Like you know, you know like James Bondy ish and so like, like that. Because there was a weird like timeless. Yeah. Like you could if this album came out in the '60s, you'd be like, oh okay. But if it came, if this album came out yesterday, you'd be like, oh okay. Like, because it, it's kind of weirdly timeless and like what they're doing, they weren't, they weren't trying to be 
the definitive 90s trip hop album, but they just happened to be. But they're just doing their own thing. It just happened to define a genre and maybe be one of the best albums of the decade. Electronic ones. I, I think like I think that's like the story with like most of those albums that turn out to be like the defining ones. You know, like they weren't like Nerd Neck. Never mind. You know, um, uh huh. It, it just happened. You know. <laughs> yeah, we we accidentally made a classic. So closing thoughts. Closing thoughts on Dummy. Uh, I can't believe I'd never heard this record before. Um, it was like. It worked as a sound. It worked as a soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist, that should exist. Um, oh, love that! I loved it. The vote, like the music, the vocals were creepy, were yeah. gorgeous, were lush. Um, I will certainly be returning to this one. Oh, I hope you do. Fantastic, man! I'm glad you dug it. Uh, if you like this, you're gonna love their next couple albums, and they have a really beautiful uh, live album with this uh, whole symphony. Oh. They just elevate their uh, their sound. I'm gonna do it. Um, shit, are we ready for this one yet? I don't know. Oh boy. Okay, now this is a big one. Um, Hit me. All right, all right. For next episode, I'm gonna have you listen to. Oh, Jake, I'm just I'm gonna be so heartbroken if you don't. Um. If you don't just get this one, let's like get it. <laughs> I'm gonna have you listen to um yeah, okay, it's time. I'm gonna have you listen to um Orbital. I'm gonna have you listen to Orbital's album Insides. It was released in 1996. Orbital Insides. It is the fourth album by British electronic group Orbital. They're two brothers. It's the Hartnell brothers. And uh this album is everything to me, Jake. So don't go break on my heart. This one's on their Spotify essential albums. So of course it is. I'm, ex- <laughs> um, um, I'm also going to insist though, that you listen to the version with the, um, with the bonus uh, uh, CD. There's a couple extra tracks. I'll, we'll talk about it and I'll make sure you listen to it. Okay. But um, cause there's a one track on the, on the bonus disc. That's truly essential. Okay, there I did it. I'm out there now. Oh, I feel so raw. Ah, I'm out in the open. Okay. What you got for me, Jake? (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, um, as I've I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned it before uh, on our show. I've been, over the past year or so, uh, Uh, the ramp up makes me so nervous. I'm writing about I've been working. I've been writing about the history of heavy metal in my beloved hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Yes. Uh, and one character uh, is perhaps most associated with that scene uh, than, than, than than anyone else. Uh, and he's one of my all-time favorite artists. Um, and I had to ch- I had to verify uh, just uh, just a couple minutes ago. And yes, uh, this album is celebrating its. 30th anniversary this September. Oh wow. Uh it it uh it was released in September 1991. And my friend Elliot, I am going to have you listen to Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears. Ozzy Osbourne? Yes, sir. <laughs> this is gonna be the dopest episode. Ozzy? 
Dude, I'm not even gonna lie to you. This album, uh huh, rips. Like, okay, you have uh, Zach Wild on guitar, and he's just like running. He's just running free and wild, and it it's a fun rock album. I I'm so excited to discuss this one. Oh boy, I I'm really concerned that my album's gonna be the exact opposite. But I mean, that's maybe that'll make for a really good episode. Um. <laughs> yeah we've like connected so far but this yeah. might be the one that be like okay yeah well maybe that'll make for a better episode i don't know we'll see we'll figure it out um all right i'm excited wait what's it called again ozzy osborne's solo no album? more tears no more tears okay yeah all right here we go here we go and be be on the lookout for the title track um you're gonna listen you want to listen for the title track mama i'm coming home uh, those are my two favorites. Um, I don't want to change the world. Woo, you're in for a treat. All right. Well, well all right. Uh, Elliot, gentle <laughs> listener, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sippin' Mimos. You know what? Sorry, I think Sippin this might have been our best episode yet. I think this might be the best one yet. I think so, too. Uh, in the meantime, I'll listen to a new, new episode. Uh, listen for our next episode. Check out some Notorious B.I.G., Yes. Uh, check out some Portis Head. Yes. Um, listen. Oh, oh. Be sure to listen to Elliot and I's dear friend Maddie's podcast. <gasps> oh my God! I almost forgot. Yes. This band go. is real. Oh my um, God. We I almost forgot uh, again. Elliot and I both played on. Uh, we were both part of the house band for season one. Yes. Uh, and it was such a blast, and they're having their season finale tonight. Look them up. They're. Oh, it's such a blast. Maddie's yeah. a genius. She's wonderful. This band is real. Yeah, they are. They are friends of the pod. So please, if you like our show, please go check them out. Uh, but in the meantime, I am done with my second drink. So I think I'm going to go make a third one and watch okay, man. Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I <laughs> want to revisit it. I think I might do the same, man. All right, man. Uh, uh, cheers to you, Jake, and cheers to everyone out there. Everyone be safe. Be safe out there. Elliot, I'll see you next time. Later, man. Later, bro. Okay.